Well, good morning, everyone, or afternoon, actually. All right, so uh, j just for the sake of time, uh, open your Bibles to 1 King 18 and uh, verse 7. All right, and, and as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him and fell on his face and said, Art thou my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned, that thou wouldest deliver my servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, and they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from thy youth. And it was not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, and how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will sh surely show myself unto him today. So Abadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. When I was studying uh, this passage out, I found uh, multiple things that were very unique to me. I found... Uh, Mostly uh, about the people you read in this passage, you find Elijah, who in the earlier chapter uh, came out of multiple, multiple uh, miracles and saw multiple things in the hand of God on his life. And you see that he's uh, now ready to uh, uh, complete uh, the Lord's will and end the uh, famine that was in the land. You see that in verse 1 and 2. But we also find Ahab, the king of uh, Israel, and you uh, find that uh, he he is wanting this famine to end as well, and he is ready for uh, the famine to end uh, to the point where he is uh, looking now for water in other lands. You see that in uh, verses 5 and 6 beforehand, but you also find Jezebel, who is hunting down the prophets of the Lord in Britain. But the person I want us to uh, pay attention more on today is uh, the servant Obadiah. Uh, Obadiah, uh, we find in verse 3, and Ahab called Obadiah, which is the governor of his house, and now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. You see that Obadiah uh, here is uh, governor or the head of uh, Ahab's house, uh, the person who uh, look over the house as Ahab is uh, off doing his duties as king. And you, but you also see that Obadiah served the Lord to the fullest he can do. You find uh, in verse 4 that he uh, is the person who hides uh, prophets of uh, the Lord in caves and feeds them and uh, gives them water and helps them survive through the famine. But you also find uh, that even though through this he is faced with a difficult uh, choice and that is to do what Elijah is uh, commanding him. And I believe that through this uh, command, uh, there's a very valuable lesson that the Lord would have us uh, learn today. 
And that is why the title of my message is When God's Will is, to de- is Death. Now, I am going to apologize. I don't mean it to sound as morbid as it does. Um, that was not my intention at all. But I, I will tell you, when I uh, say death, I don't mean it in the terms of a physical death. Uh, I'm meaning it more as uh, dying to self. And to uh, start this off, my first point is to know yourself. Now, it sounds very, very selfish for me to say, uh, first point to die in the self, which is uh, getting rid of self, is to know yourself. But I would like to uh, ask you all this one thing. Can you really kill something that you don't know is there? Um, If you're like me, I can't. But you can't really uh, kill something you don't see, and you can't give what you don't have. You can't continue uh, to help someone else if you are, if there's a hindrance in yourself that's blocking maybe a way to reach this other person that you're trying to reach themselves. Um, I do have an example to uh, help get this across. Uh, it's a verse from Luke. Uh, you guys? Yeah. So to explain this, I found this on a meme. Uh, it was on a little advent calendar card which had verses for uh, a little verse of the day, so to speak. And it says in Luke 4, uh, 7, If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Sounds like a great uh, verse, but the meme said, inspirational Bible quote, until you know who said it. In verse 6, it said, And the devil said unto him, Now, if you continue uh, reading, verse uh, chapter 4 of Luke is... The tempta- is the temptation uh, of Christ. Verse 6 and 7 is where the devil is tempting Christ and is trying to get him to sin. But I wonder if our, our lives are a lot lived like that verse right there, where we uh, think we know everything, we think we know ourselves, and we think that, okay, the Lord wants this, okay, I'll give it to him. But we don't actually know what he's asking because we don't fully know ourselves. We are like uh, this verse in a way where it sounds inspirational and it sounds great to hear, but we don't look, look farther into it to understand it more. To, to know yourself is a, is a way for you to understand how to continue forward. But to continue forward, uh, my second point is to yield yourself. Um, now, there's multiple things to yielding yourself, but the first one that comes to mind, oddly enough, is when you're driving. When you're uh, driving, there's a yield sign, and what the yield sign, in my terms, means is to take a pause. Now, oddly enough, uh, for me, uh, when I think of dying to self, I don't usually think usually of yielding as uh, pausing for a moment. But when you realize, uh, when you pause for a moment, you find that it's much easier to think or to listen or to just simply just take a moment and ask God, what is it you want, Lord? What is it that you need from me? And you can't really, you can't really uh, move forward without the pause in life. 
Now, we, we usually hate pauses when we're driving, mostly because, well, it takes our time away. I mean, we don't want to be stuck here in the middle of nowhere and waiting on someone before we can get forward. But realize something, that a pause is only temporary. You see, if we stop, we're permanently staying there. But if when we pause, we're only taking a moment of our time to, before we can move forward. And we can't move forward without those pauses in life. Because those pauses allow us to uh, finally ask God, what is it he needs? And uh, figure out, maybe there's a risk in, in my life that I don't really realize is there. Maybe there's something hindering me and uh, holding me back before I can fully uh, continue walking in, in the Lord. And to be honest, it could be something sim super simple. Uh, for example, it could probably be something simple as a t-shirt. I mean, it may not even be uh, something bad on it. It, it may not even uh, be horrible. It may uh, be fine. It may fit fine. But maybe God doesn't want you wearing it anymore. And maybe it sounds very odd that you don't understand it, but you trust him enough to uh, not wear the shirt. And it's that yielding that allows us to fully think. But uh, to continue forward, I also want us to look at my third point, which is to trust the source. And when we think of the source, I think all of us in here can uh, think it, it. When I say it, it's God. It's not uh, simple as, oh, it's this around. We got to go find here. It, no, it's straight forward. <coughs> But it takes us knowing ourselves in order to yield ourselves, to take that pause and take that moment where we can just sit down and take that and just think before we can actually uh, continue forward. But it also takes a, uh, that trust, almost like a present. You have it all tied up in a bow, and that bow is trust, is what holds it all together. You're not going to do anything for a person if you don't trust them. And you're not going to do uh, anything for God if you don't trust him. You're not going to do anything if you don't trust this Bible. You're not going to do anything if you don't uh, trust what is coming out, what is all around you and the evidence of God. You're not going to take the time to know yourself if you don't trust God. And you're not going to take the time to give him that time to even uh, pause or to even give him something if you don't trust God. And there's, uh, there's nothing really else uh, you can do besides trust God before you can move on. And uh, with that saying, being said, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to be uh, preaching in front of uh, this, these people. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Lord. I pray that the uh, words I've said were your words, Lord, and not my own, Lord. And I pray that your message was given across uh, well, Lord, in your name. Amen. Chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 28. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, that made me feel a lot more comfortable with you guys. Deuteronomy 1, chapter 1. Wait, Deuteronomy 1, chapter 1, obviously. Verse 28. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the, the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to the heaven. And moreover, we shall see the sons of Anakims there. 
Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how hast the Lord thy God bear thee, as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came unto this place. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God. So my message today is going to be about trusting God. Um, and I think we can all agree that's something we all need to do more. Uh, because I'm, I'm only 14, and some of you are like, I'm not going to say way older than that. I'm just going to say older than that. So you've, you've uh, been through more, you've done more, you've experienced more. Uh, and just as a 14-year-old, you know, life's not the easiest thing all the time. Um, I'm going to just, um, the, what appears in my mind when I think of uh, difficulty trusting God would be uh, teen camp last year. Um, it wasn't the camp itself that uh, what made me try to trust God more. Uh, it was what happened before it, and um, I'm just going to let you know uh, that things aren't always going to be easy. Um, no matter who you are, even if you trust God right now with all your heart, um, it's not always going to be easy. And I'm not saying trusting God will be easy, but I'm saying that uh, it'll turn out better for you if you just trust God now. Um, and I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to me, and I'm just telling you what God uh, shows me. Um, you know, sometimes we don't understand what's happening. We don't understand, um, you know, why some things come into our life. We don't understand uh, some of the trials we face. Well, God does. And I don't have the verse pulled up, but God will never leave us nor forsake us, ever, ever. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong, what you've done right, what you will do, and what you haven't done. He'll never leave you, ever. And in this passage of Scripture, it's, you know, these guys, they didn't trust God with their problem. Their problem was they wanted to get in the land, but the people were taller, stronger, and they were better, better than them. Well, you know what? Maybe they were right. Maybe they were better than them. But no one's better than God. Nobody can outdo God. Nobody knows what God's going to do. Nobody knows God's plan. But you can trust God's plan that it will turn out. And these people didn't. And that's just something we need to look at. You know, God put the Bible here not just so we can read it as a daily thing that we want to waste our time on every day. No, he puts it there so we can know what we don't need to do and do what we need to do. And what gets me is verse 33. Who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents and a fire by night to show you by what we should You should go and in the cloud by day. God died for us. He suffered for us. He gave everything for us. And if you don't believe he gave everything, do you not think of heaven as everything? He came down to die for us. He came to be tortured for us, and we're not going to trust him? He had nails in his hand just so we wouldn't have to suffer one day. And we don't trust him. We don't. And we need to. Like, so much more. And I know you're thinking, you know, I, I understand. It's a good message. It's a good, it's a good point. It's a good point. But, you know, the things that are happening right now, they're too much. They're too much for me. 
Satan's powerful. Satan's really, really powerful. He's, I can't explain how powerful he is because I don't know. But I do know God's more powerful. Satan is the prince in power of the air. He is. He, he's in, he has control. He has a little bit of control. Satan is the prince in power of the air. But you can't have a prince without a king. And God is the king. And God's the God that we serve. That's why we're here today. And these people didn't believe him. And you know what? Neither do we sometimes. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. And I'm just sharing with you what God has showed me. So no matter what happens in your life, you need to just trust God with it. Just real quick. In Psalms 56, in verse 11, it says, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. David's writing this. And, you know, David's life wasn't easy. You know, he was very prosperous. You know, he became king. Um, but, you know, he suffered too. He had re a little bit of rejection, you know, when Samuel asked Jesse, you know, do you have any more sons? You know, his, his own father almost rejected him, almost like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have a son, but, I mean, you don't want him. So, I mean, it, he, a little bit of rejection, you know, temptation trials he lost his own son i don't i can't i don't know what that's like i hope i never have to know what that's like it wasn't easy for him but once he did put his trust in god he wasn't afraid of what man can do and sometimes we that's all we care about is what other people think and you know what i'm guilty of that i, I care what other people think but sometimes i care more about what they think than what god thinks and that's not something that we need to do because once we put our trust in god you know, it's not going to be easy. You know, life's not going to be easy. Trusting God's not going to be easy. But just because trusting God doesn't make life easy, it will make life better. You know, sometimes we think, you know, difficulty in our life is there because we did something wrong. Difficulty is in our life because Satan feels threatened by us. When, when you're tempted to do something, when you're going through a struggle in your life, it's not because God doesn't love you, and it's not because he doesn't want you to prosper. It's because Satan doesn't want you to prosper, and he tempts you to try to make you fail. And that's when you have to put your trust in God, because Satan is powerful, but God's more powerful. So that's, uh, that's just my message. Uh, just trust God with all your life. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, this church and this church family. Uh, thank you for letting us come here today safely. Pray that you'll help us to uh, trust in your plan and your will for our lives more. Uh, pray that you'll help us all to encourage each other um, to trust you. And I pray that you'll be with the rest of the service. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, I was going to say what Isaiah said. That's a lot of people. And yeah, a lot of people. Well, um, 604. Um, can we stand up? Um, go to 1 Samuel 3. And we're going to read for 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11. All in unison. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, and where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. 
that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli had said, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, and called as, uh, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both ears of one that doth heareth it shall tingle. Um, as we can see here, um, I just want to uh, point out that this is Samuel as a child. He wasn't a grown man or a teenager. He was just a, a child, a kid. And he encountered God. He, had a, he found God. He had God speak to him. And he said, he said, uh, here, oh, I lost my place. Sorry. Uh, speak, for thy servant heareth. My nerves, my nerves are getting to me. Well, y'all can, y'all may be seated. Um, the title of my message is Encountering God. Now, in order to encounter God, encounter God to find God, is um, you can, we have to seek Him in reverence. Now, reverence is a big word. I had to look that one up. <laughs> the definition is a fear or deep respect for someone or something. Um, in Proverbs 9.10, you don't have to turn there, it teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. This reverence goes beyond a simple acknowledgement of God or knowing that God exists or his existence. It implies a deep respect for God and that is just something that gets me because we can all be like, oh yeah, God exists, he's here, but if we don't have a deep respect of God or fear for God, that's just not good. Um, in order to see God in reverence, we must study his word. It's just essential. We, as we study the Bible, we are encouraged to study his word diligently. As it says in Psalms 119, 105, a very common verse, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible becomes our guide, um, illuminating the way as we try to understand God's teaching. We must also be humble if we want to seek God. Uh, we must humble ourselves. Um, as you can see, as Samuel said, um, speak for thy servant heareth. Servant is um, it's honestly a very humble job. You, you have to do what your boss says, your servant. Humili humility is an important part of this reverence as we approach God with a sense of lowliness. Um, and also another way to encounter God is to draw near to him, to be close to him. Uh, in James 4.8a, I didn't want to say the whole verse <laughs> for time. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. This verse is pretty self-explanatory. Um, if you try to get closer to God, he will be closer to you. Try to get closer to you. Now, you may be asking, how do I draw nigh to God? How do I get nearer to the Lord? A few things a Christian can do is 
spend time in prayer, something so simple. You, um, an example of that is Daniel. He, he, tried, he prayed three times a day, knowing the risk that he could be thrown into the lion's den. And, well, he did. He, he got closer to the Lord. Another way to draw nearer to God is to repent and ask for forgiveness. That is something that we just sometimes, well, I sometimes forget to do, you know, because I'm like, ah, whatever. And I just forget to ask God to forgive me. And that's something that can hinder you to encounter God, and it's, it's very important. Also, another way to encounter God, it's my last point, is to experience God daily. As David tells us in Psalms 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. This verse tells us to recognize God's goodness and that man will be blessed if you trust in him. A way to experience God daily is to live mindfully, um, to be present, to acknowledge God's existence every day, even in the ordinary, even just like if it's a regular simple day. We have to know that God's there. Um, another way to experience God daily is to remember his blessings. Um, as commanded in Psalms 103.2, which says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It prompts us to have a deeper appreciation for God's blessings. We must see God not just in grand moments, but also in the ordinary. Um, through prayer, meditation, his word. Um, these are just a few steps that helped me to find God, to encounter him, to try to live for him. And um, in conclusion, to encounter God, a Christian should seek God in reverence, draw nearer to the Lord, and experience God daily. That's, that's all. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Um, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for giving us, uh, us guys, as men, opportunity to be here and preach your word. Thank you for, have, for letting me have a, a good church home, uh, good friends, encouraging friends. And please help, help us to serve you with all our strength and all, all our mind. In Jesus' name, amen. 1, 13. Really, this is going to follow a lot of uh, the lines of, uh, that Isaiah just preached from. But... Um, and we're going to start off in 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabines fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I, alone, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep, the sheep, and the servants and the, and the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans, uh, Chaldeans made out three bands, bands, and fell upon them, the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servant, uh, servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men. And they are dead. And I only am, am escaped alone to tell thee. 
Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And you just thought you had a bad day. Um, we see, uh, so I just want, I want to take a few minutes to um, look at uh, some of Job's responses to um, these hard, difficult times. And um, so my title this evening is Continuing Through the Hard Times. And um, you might could say that Job was going through a hard time. And, um, but uh, anyway, so I want to look at some of his responses and uh, maybe we could apply them to our lives and just even our daily lives. And um, my first point is um, he worshiped. You look uh, in, uh, verse one, uh, in verse 20, he said, um, And Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshiped. A lot of times we don't get past the, um, you see the comma there before, and worshiped. We don't get past that. We get so focused on ourselves and, you know, woe is me, and, you know, uh, bless my heart, oh, look what happened to me. And, um, you know, I mean, I see there's, I'm not saying that uh, you can't have some, you know, mourning, some self-pity. You see, uh, Job himself, he uh, rent his garments, he shaved his head. You know, even Christ at um, Lazarus' funeral, he weeps. But um, when we make that our focus, there, there's where our problem is. Our focus needs to be on Christ. And we can't, uh, we can't expect to get through it if, you know, when you're driving, let's say you're driving. And uh, you can't get from point A to point B unless you have your eyes on the road, unless you have your eyes on the path. If not, you're going to roll off the side, you're going to hit a tree, you're going you know, to go off the side. And what we see here, immediately, in, in the moment, Job worshipped. He got his focus on Christ. He's like, all right, I, I'm going to follow you. I, I, know where you uh, I know you have a plan. And then, uh, I wanna, if you keep reading uh, down to 21, and, uh, and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, he was surrendered. You see, um, you know, he surrendered all. You see, uh, he surrendered his family, his, his uh, wealth, his position. You see later in the book, he was a man of position in uh, his community, in his city. And uh, his own health, he surrendered all. And a lot of times, I know at least me personally, um, I, uh, I have trouble, you know, surrendering my own time. You know, my, you know, my Bible reading, my prayer life, you know, when uh, bad things happen, my attitude. You know, and, uh, and, but we see here, he surrendered all. And, uh, you know, he had to yield everything to uh, Christ. And um, A.W. Tozer said it this way, It is out of our surrender that God can begin to use us and bless us. Until we surrender our value, it is quite questionable. Um, you know, he, he's saying, without, without uh, being surrendered to Christ, without having all on him, we're not going to get to the, we're not going to bear the fruits of what's going to come later. And, um, you know, you don't have to, you, don't have, uh, you know, like I said it a minute ago, you have your focus. You don't have to see the point B from point A. But, you know, God sees it, and God knows where we're going. And um, so you have to be surrendered. First, you have to have your focus on what you're, you're uh, you have to worship. You have to get your focus in, where God, uh, in God. And then you have to be surrendered. You have to give yourself um, to him. And then, uh, uh, you know, he saw, uh, he got his mentality, is like my sub point, right? Um, mentality often is like a derogatory remark. You know, he got his mentality off. You know, he had a bad mentality. But what I'm saying is, like, not that you convince yourself of what, um, of, like, being surrendered, that God has it, but thinking through, all right, God has this. You see, he said, um, the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. It's not that he's convincing himself. He's like, all right, God gave this to me. It, it was God's in the first place, and he's taking it away. And so I just had to trust him. I had to be sur- surrendered. 
to what um, he has. And then uh, lastly, we look and see um, at the end, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, we see he was submitted. Submit and surrender are very similar. Uh, I had to go and look it up and see what the difference was. They had several um, uh, terms that were very similar, but you see surrender is more of like a yield, like giving in, uh, more of a like military fashion. But um, submit is more like uh, be governed or like under authority. And so you see, he was able to, uh, and also we see here down, uh, let's see, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed is kind of like a like praise, praise the Lord. And uh, you see, he was able to do that because he was submitted. He was under authority. And uh, so first of all, we see he worshiped. He got his focus in line. He got, he got, he got his um, focus in Christ. And then secondly, we see he was surrendered. He got his mentality. He thought through the process that God has this. And because he did those two, he, because he worshipped, he got his focus, because he was surrendered, he was able to submit and be under his authority. He was able to be under Christ's authority and be able to praise God through that. And then uh, just very lastly, closing, it said, uh, verse 22, it said, In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I mean, if that could be said of us, that through the hard times, we didn't, we didn't um, sin, we sinned not or charged God foolishly, wow, that would, you know, that would be amazing. So, um, anyway, let's, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this um, message from Job, from the life of Job, and that um, first he, was, uh, he worshiped, he was surrendered, and he was submitted. Dear God, that, um, you know, that, it, that it could be said of us that we sin not nor charge, uh, charge God foolishly. God, that through the hard times we could trust you, and, uh, uh, you know, it may not always, you know, we see that Job, he uh, was paid in full he was, uh, later on in his life. He was, uh, he was uh, paid double what he had had before but God it may not always be that uh, for us God but that we we know that you will um that you got it and uh, that we could just trust you and uh, keep our eyes our focus on you and you're never pray amen let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed eyes closed